Amen. Amen. Couldn't think of a better song to sing before we come into the uh, preaching service or the worship service. I'm not used to using a microphone, so that uh, the folks where I pastor at, they, uh, they used a microphone until I, until I started pastoring there, and then they got rid of it. So uh, I pray the Lord to bless us to see that heavenly sunlight. You know, many times whenever I come into the house of the Lord, whether it's me preaching or Brother Ronald or anybody else, one of my prayers that I pray is what Moses prayed. Lord, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Let us beg the Lord that we would see his glory this evening. And especially in the subject that we're going to try to look at. If you have your Bibles with you, you'd like to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is my first time to be here. This is a beautiful building. I'm... I, I, look, I'm a very transparent person. I'm nervous. <laughs> Y'all please pray for us. Uh, first time I was supposed to be here was uh, coming up on three years ago. Me and my wife were supposed to get married here. And, and uh, something called COVID came. And, and I'll just tell you a quick funny and then we'll press into the scriptures. Uh, my wife was inviting the Walmart cashier to church. Because the Walmart cashier said that their church had uh, closed services that Sunday because of COVID. And my wife says, uh, please come to church with us. And then she starts telling, you know, my wife, she never met a stranger. And she's a very joyous person. And she was so much looking forward to getting married. And I'm so thankful that we're married. And she was talking to the cashier. And she says, the whole world's shutting down. But they ain't going to shut down my wedding. I'm getting married next month. And literally, literally, at that very moment, Brother Ronald calls me. And I have to walk over to her and I say, sweetie, <laughs> they're shutting down your wedding. So, uh, uh, and of course we know what happened three years ago. But please be praying for us, uh, Lord, to just bless us, just to see his glory. The Lord will bless us to fill him. I, I'm going to tell you, I want every child of God, whenever they come into the house of God, to know that they're in the house of God. Amen? I want every child of God, I'm going to tell you, it says that he is known as a refuge. <laughs> he is known. Uh, I want you to know that whenever you need shelter from this world, this is the place to come. I want you to know that he is the rest, and this is where you need to be. And I want you to know that the house of God is where the food of God is for God's little people. Over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, And without controversy. And what this means is without argument. It means obviously. That's what he said. Obviously. Instead of, like, because sometimes I've had people say, I don't know what that means, but without controversy. I like to simplify things. Just, and, and, and I'm not correcting the word of God, okay? But I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying, if, you, if, if that phrase confuses you without controversy, put there obviously or confessedly, or without a doubt, is what he's saying here. He's saying without controversy, obviously. And, and look, look what is without controversy. Great 
is the mystery of godliness. Now this godliness here, if I understand the scripture correctly, it's not talking about my godliness and trying to be a better person. It's talking about the person of Jesus Christ. It's talking about God, true godliness, Jesus Christ. And look what it says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And, and, and it's about to talk about, Paul, through the inspiration of God, is about to talk about the person of Jesus Christ. And if, you've, if you weren't raised up in the church like I wasn't, like my daddy wasn't, uh, whenever it comes to uh, the Trinity, whenever it comes to understanding the three-in-one God, whenever it comes to understanding God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the mystery is great. I'm going to tell you, if you were raised up in the Prince Baptist Church, the Trinity may not have been a hard thing for you to understand because you just heard it every day. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you what, it was a hard thing for me to wrap my head around. And guess what? I still don't understand it, but the Word of God says it's true, so I believe it. You, I mean, like, I, I don't understand height three equals one, but it does. <laughs> And that's what he's talking about here. Like if you don't fully understand the Trinity, Paul said that's okay. Just believe it because the Bible talks about it. Because Paul says great is the mystery of godliness. And look what he's about to say here. He says, God was manifest in the flesh. What does that mean? John says it like this. And the word was made flesh. Uh, Colossians says it like this. He says uh, uh, that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. You're like, why do you do that, brother? Because at work, one of the doctors will hand me a document, and they'll say, Danny, make a copy of this. You know what they're saying? Make an image of this image. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? He is the image of no image. He is the image of the invisible God. He is God wrapped in flesh and not sin because that's the reason, I'm going to tell you, that's the reason you should never go to those easy wafers, okay? That's the reason we have unleavened bread because it represents the sinless body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, whenever that angel is talking to Mary, he says, that holy thing within thee, that holy thing. God was manifest in the flesh. Wow! And we're going to get back to that in a little bit. But then it says this. Justified in the Spirit. I believe Romans 1 and 4 tells us that that's talking about the resurrection. Now, I'm not going to get bogged down in that. I've heard other people say other things. That's not my subject today. <laughs> Just, uh, justified in the Spirit. Seen of angels. The Lord bless us. That's what I, what I want to spend our time with. The seen of angels. But I'll... Get to these others real quick so you'll understand that this is talking about Jesus. God was manifest in the flesh. We understand it's talking about Jesus, right? Justified in the Spirit. You go to Romans 1 and 4, it'll tell you that He declared to be the Son of God according to the Spirit. <laughs> and, then, and, and then it goes on and says, Seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles. Jesus Christ was preaching to the Gentiles. And the proof of that is that you and I are Gentiles and we believe on Jesus Christ. And I'm preaching to you about him tonight. And then it says, believed on in the world. I'm going to tell you, it's all over the world. And then this just blows my mind. And this also just 
adds to more of the, of the great controversy, uh, or, or not the great controversy, but the great mystery of, of godliness and the great mystery of the three-in-one Godhead. You see, people have a misconception sometimes about heaven. They think just because God is eternal, that heaven is eternal. I'm going to tell you, the Bible says everything that exists was made by God. God made heaven. God made heaven. And, and right here, look, what, and, 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 and heaven is glory. Whenever it says received up in the glory, it's talking about when Jesus went back to heaven. And right here it says received up into glory. It says God was received up in the glory. What is it talking about? It's talking about Jesus. Whenever Jesus is resurrected, and then ever he and, and Acts, he's talking to his disciples, and he floats into the air. He was received up in the glory. But if the Lord bless us for a little bit, I want to look at the person of Jesus Christ from the perspective, from the view of angels. Have you ever thought about that? I didn't until about 15 years ago. About 15 years ago, out Adam Green preached a sermon at the Amen Association on Scene of Angels. It was 17 and a half minutes of glory. And I was like, wow. That's, that's how you preach right there. And 15 years later, I made my first effort on it last Sunday. And I was like, and I knew I was coming here. And I was like, that is way too deep a subject for me to preach at Bethel. I'm going to go with something simple. And then this, today, guess what's all over my head? Scene of Angels. Scene of Angels. So y'all please pray for me. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, you know, I remember what Brother Sonny Powers used to say, deep preaching is poor understanding, you know. I, 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 after this sermon, I don't want y'all to say, Brother Danny, you're a deep preacher. <laughs> because that, that, that just means I, I was a poor teacher. But think about this. Because we're, after, if the Lord blesses us to see, the perspective of the angels, the way they view Jesus, or the way they got to view Jesus. We'll go a little further and see how we should view Jesus and, and how we should view feet washing, if you will. But go with me over to uh, John chapter 1 real quick. And this is talking about Jesus. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it's going to tell us about this Word that was God and that was with God. That's capital W. That's not the written Word. That's the living Word, Jesus Christ. It's going to tell us that this Word that is God, in the third verse, is going to say, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then in the 14th verse, it's going to be very vivid to us and let us know that this Word became flesh and this Word, which is God, is Jesus Christ. Look what it says in the 14th verse. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, I want you to understand it says that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God 
And the Word was God. And this very same Word that was God was made flesh. I want you to understand that whenever Jesus came here, He was God. I don't understand it. But it's true. And guess what? He is still Over in 1 Corinthians 15 and 47, it talks about that that first man, Adam, is from the earth, earthly. But you know what it says about that second man, Jesus Christ? It says, he is the Lord from heaven. Brothers, I I just want to pound this in your head. Jesus Christ is God. And you may be like, Brother Danny, I get it. I get it. But for us to really understand what it means whenever it says seen of angels, we got to understand that Jesus Christ is the Lord from heaven. And you know what it says over in the third verse of John 1? It says, There wasn't anything in this entire existence that was made without him. Everything that was made was made by who? Jesus Christ, including, guess what? Angels. Go with me over to Colossians chapter 1 real quick. Just hang in here with me. If you don't see the beauty of this yet, just, just, just hang in. Because if the Lord of bless, we'll see it, I hope. In the 15th verse, talking about Jesus, it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by Him, who? By Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him, And for him. This just told me that whether it is something that I can see. Or something I can't see. Jesus created it. Whether it's in heaven. Or it's on earth. Jesus created it. Okay. What I want you to understand. Angels are not. Superior to us brothers and sisters. Angels are the Lord's servants. Angels are our servants. They're our ministers. They help us. He sends them to help us. I'm going to tell you, whenever somebody says, Mama became an angel, I'm going to tell you, Mama's in glory. And she, I'm going to tell you, her soul and spirit's in glory. And there ain't a drop of sin on her. She's a child of God. And whenever the resurrection comes, oh, she's going to be a glorified uh, 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 body, soul, and spirit in heaven. She's much better than the angels. You understand that? Oh, don't, don't reduce Mama to no angel, <laughs> See, mom is redeemed. She's conformed. When the Lord comes back, she's going to be conformed in that glorified body. But I want you to understand that there was a day, and I don't know what day that was, or I don't know when it was. Just, just let me say this. And don't make me offended for a word. There was a time, there was a moment whenever the Lord said, let there be angels. And guess what? There was angels. 
And those angels, I'm going to tell you, they're, they're ministers of fire, the Bible says. Spiritual flames, if you will. These servants of God, these angelic beings, there was a time period when they did not exist. And whenever the Lord created them, guess what? They were just there. And you know who they seen? They seen God. They seen God the Father. They seen God the Son. They seen, they seen God the Holy Ghost. They, I'm, I'm going to tell you, they seen the Trinity in heaven. They seen Jesus as the Word. They seen Jesus as with God and being God. And I'm going to tell you, gee, God is glorious. God is righteous. God is beautiful. God is the King of kings and Lord of lords, right? And I want you to understand, whenever they were created, they looked at the Lord as their king, as their creator, as everything. And they bowed down, and they worshiped, and they praised him. I, brothers and sisters, we're not there yet, but I want you to understand that before Jesus was wrapped in flesh, before he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, that he was worshiped as God. You get that? Think about that. All the angels that existed, they looked at Jesus as their creator, as their God, as being righteous, as being glorious. And if he said go, guess what? They went. Whatever he said do, they did. But then there was a day. There was a day that this one that had a glory about him that if anybody's seen him if anybody's seen him without that veil of flesh if anybody's seen him with his full glory they would be annihilated. The Lord said no man can see my face and live. I'm going to tell you whenever Jesus prayed to the Father in John 17 he says restore to me the glory that I had with thee before the world was. I'm going to tell you Jesus would have came down here in his rightful, righteous glory just shining, we would all die. He laid aside his glory whenever he came here. And I want you to understand this one that they looked at and they worshiped. And when I say they, the angels, they worshiped and they honored and they glorified and they did everything that he told them to do. There came the day that he was in the womb. about that. Is that not glorious? Is that not mind-blowing? And there came a day whenever their Lord, their Master, their Creator, the Lord from Heaven, as the Bible says, I'm, I'm using Bible language, the Lord from Heaven, as the Bible says, was laid in a manger as a little baby. Can you imagine I don't know what angels think. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know that. But I'm saying, think about our perspective. If we have been worshiping and glorifying Jesus as the almighty creator, as the almighty God, as everything, as the one who created us, as us being his servants, and we've seen him in all his majesty and all of his glory, and then, they, and then we would see him as a babe, knowing that that's God right there. Isn't that amazing? 
think about this. As he's growing up, and Mary says, Jesus, do the dishes. <laughs> Can you imagine the angels? Look, I'm going to tell you, God is their master. God tells them. And now Mary's saying, and I don't know the chores that Jesus had in A.D. whatever, okay? Y'all bring me a little license. But she says, Jesus, put the trash out. And you know what? He goes gets the trash. The Bible said that he was subject to his parents. He was better than Mary. But he was still subject to her. Honor your father and your mother. I don't care whether you think you're better than them or not. I don't care if they go to church or not. You honor them. Now, if, if obeying them means for you to transgress God's law, that's different. But there's a difference between obeying and honoring. And, and I know some parents are going to be saying, Brother Danny, what, what are you telling my child not to obey me? My dad told me to quit the ministry, okay? I honored him, but I didn't obey him. I was living under his roof, and he told me if I can, wanted to continue to live under his roof, I had to quit the ministry. I still honored him, but I didn't obey him. I said I had to find another place to live. And the Lord blessed him, blessed me to find grace in my dad's eyes, and he repented of what he said. And I was still able to stay there until I finished nursing school. But I'm saying, I still honored my father. I'm going to tell you, Jesus, Mary was a sinner, and he still was subject unto her. He still honored her. Can you imagine that? The angel's looking at Jesus whenever Mary says, go take out the trash, and he goes and puts out the trash. And they're like, who's that sinner telling God what to do? Jesus, go do the dishes. Jesus, did you make your bed? I mean, can you imagine? I want you to understand the perspective of the angels. If that was me, every time his mom, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the whole time that he was under the authority of his parents, if I was an angel, I'd have been sitting there like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? God was made flesh. He was revealed in the flesh, yet without sin. Y'all remember there was a time when Jesus was coming into his ministry? And people would say, who's this guy? He's teaching us Isaiah. Who's he? He's, he's the son of the carpenter. And we all know there's some suspicion behind his birth. Right? Who's this guy? I tell you, if Brother Danny would have been an angel there, I'd have whipped out my sword and said, I'm about to show you who this guy is. He's my creed. He, he inspired that word. Why, why, why are you so marveled that he knows what it is? He's the one that told Isaiah to write it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> and then there came a time 
they call the Lord of glory. The one who inhabits all righteousness. The one that all righteousness and goodness comes from. They call him Beelzebub. If you were an angel, what would you have done that day? I'm telling you, seen an angel. Brothers and sisters, when there came a day where they took the Lord of glory and they arrested him and they put him on a cross and they blindfolded him and they hit him and they said, if you be the Son of God, tell us which one of us hit you. If I'd have been Gabriel, I'm like, I'm about to show you which one of y'all are hitting me. You don't talk to God. You don't, you don't hit God. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. They spit in his face. Brothers and sisters, are you getting what I'm saying? This one that they had worshipped from A.D. 30 to eternity past as God Almighty, as their creator, as their everything, as their king, is now subjecting himself to torture, subjecting himself to mocking, and is subjecting himself to death. And they're going to put uh, nails through his hands and nails through his feet. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. Can you imagine the scene of angels there? What's the Lord say? Whenever Peter grabs his sword and cuts off a man's ear, the Lord says, Do you not know that I can call more than 12 legions of angels? Around 72,000 angels? <laughs> One of them wiped out a hundred and something thousand people. What do you think 72,000 of them would do? Can't you just see them sitting there with their hands on their angelic sword saying, that guy who hit you, I'm about to take him out. <laughs> I mean, can't you? Seen an angel. And then they seen him experience death. Wow. <laughs> seen an angel. I can't imagine that. God, who is all glorious, all powerful. Brothers and sisters, I love my wife more than anybody else on this earth. Let somebody slap her. I'm not saying I'm going to lay hands suddenly on some man, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, there's there's going to be emotions that I've never experienced before. Let somebody mock her. Let somebody put hands, uh, nails through her hands and through her feet. I'm going to tell you, they watched his their creator suffered seen of angels. You know why he did that? For you and me. If he wouldn't have went through that, we wouldn't be in heaven one day. I'm going to tell you, if, we, if he wouldn't have went through that, we wouldn't be able to experience this tonight. I'm going to tell you, whenever we feel the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven through sing, song service, through preaching service, through prayer service, or any time we just feel the Lord... I'm going to tell you, that is blood-bought blessing from God Almighty by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
brothers and sisters, there came a time whenever those angels seen Jesus rise up from supper and he laid aside his garment and he girded himself, he, he put on another garment, Brother Tim, and that very same garment that he put on, he washed his disciples' feet. John 13 tells us about this. And it tells us that after he washed his disciples' feet, he took that garment off and he took back his original garment and he sat down. Can you imagine the scene of angels at that moment? That their Lord of glory, the one that created them, all righteous, is now bowing down at the feet of sinners and washing their filthy feet after they had just walked through the streets of Jerusalem. <laughs> By the way, they didn't have street sweepers back then. <laughs> and there was a bunch of oxen and horses walking around. I like to make this point whenever I talk about washing each other's feet. My wife, whenever communion service is coming up, like a lot of you sisters probably do, you know what she does? She goes and gets her toes done. <laughs> you know, because communion service coming up, she's not going to have some janky looking feet. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to be nice. You know, whenever I used to uh, live around my mama, and we'd have communion service, she would say, make sure you don't wear none of your holy socks today. <laughs> you know, you know, and, 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 and we wash clean feet. I'm going to tell you, the Lord washed feet that had manure on. I, mean, I don't think that's speculation there. I mean, I, I, I think you're going to reach that conclusion. And can you imagine the angels watching the Lord do that? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, next time you partake of communion, or the next time you witness communion service, or next time you read John 13, I want you to think about something. It says that Jesus rose from supper. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a picture that just blessed my heart when the Lord showed me this. This is a picture of what, to me, foot washing means to me. I'm going to tell you, foot washing, yes, we should literally do it. He tells them, if I, your Lord and Master, have done it, you ought also to do it. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, I've heard a lot of people debate about the meaning of what ought means. I'm going to tell you, whenever my daddy used to tell me I ought to do something, there was no question in my mind if I ought to do it or not. Whenever our Master tells us we ought to do it, we ought to do it. I mean, it's just no ifs, ands, or buts. You ought to do it. And I believe it's a literal thing we ought to do. But I'm going to tell you, I believe it also represents servitude. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, the only way a church can ever survive is if we serve one another. You know why Jesus died for you? You know why Jesus came from glory where he was worshipped and praised and honored and, and, and just all the other words that the angels were doing to him? And he just had all that majesty and he came down here and he hungered and he thirsted and he slept and he got tired and he actually hurt. You know why he went through that? So you could be in glory with him. So he can have peace with you. I'm going to tell you the gospel whenever I hear it and I believe it, it gives me peace in my mind whenever I believe that Jesus died for me 
heaven and suffer is so that you and I can live with him in glory. So that we would be together in unity and peace and glory and righteousness in heaven. And I want you to understand sometimes in church, sometimes in marriage, sometimes in life, the only way that you and I, I'm going to tell you, can be at peace with one another. We just got to serve one another. We got to come off our high horse, if you will. And we got to condescend to one another. I'm going to tell you, you know why Jesus came down from heaven for us? For the joy that was set before him. I'm going to tell you, sometimes the thing that's going to keep me <laughs> from just putting my heels in the ground just because I think that the carpet's supposed to be yellow <laughs> or I think we need to have a bigger plate or a smaller plate or that we need to pass the plate is because I realize that the only way that you and I are going to have peace when I say you and I mean <laughs> the church is sometimes it it ain't about me it should never be about me it should always be about the Lord I'm going to tell you I'm not talking about changing our articles of faith I'm not talking about adding <laughs> Sunday school I'm just talking about, you know, little issues that people can let act like it's something huge. Man, a brother told me one time, he said, the biggest split I ever seen that the church almost had is because a brother came up to the church house and cut down a tree that needed to be cut. And he forgot to ask for permission. He said, they were going to cut it down anyway. <laughs> but, but, you know, he forgot to go through the right channels. And people got their feelings hurt. Well, it ought not be. Yes, if I know that there's channels that need to go through, I need to go through them because I want to humble myself to make sure that we live peaceably. But I'm going to tell you, the way that Jesus brought peace to us, the way that Jesus ensured that we're going to be in heaven one day, is he humbled himself to the death of that cross. And I'm going to tell you, feet washing represents servitude, but the greatest servitude, the greatest servant, the greatest act of servant, of service that has ever been done is whenever our king died for us. Whenever our king suffered for us. Whenever, <laughs> you put it like eternity was wrapped in flesh. Isn't that amazing? And I'm going to tell you, next time you Read about feet washing. Next time you partake in feet washing, you think about this. It says that Jesus rose up from supper and he laid aside his garment. I'm going to tell you, Jesus prays in John 17. Lord, Father, restore to me the glory that I had with thee before the world was. The reason that I tried to harp on so much what Jesus the way that the angels seen Jesus before he was wrapped in flesh is because I want you to understand what he laid aside to come down here. He laid aside his glory. The Lord in heaven was manifest in the flesh. He became man for me and you. And whenever you see him lay aside that garment, I want you to see him lay aside his glory. And then 
yourself with. I'm going to tell you the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, laid aside his glory. He, he laid aside his garment. And he girded himself with flesh and blood. You know what he, you know what he cleansed us with? His flesh and blood. Our sins were laid upon his perfect body. And his blood purged us from every stain. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Hebrews 1 and 3. When he had by himself purged our sins. So picture that. Him laying aside his garment. Him girding himself with flesh and blood. <laughs> him girding himself with that towel which represents flesh and blood. And then it says he washed them with the same thing that he girded himself with. And then you know what it says? It says after he washed them, you know what he did? He took back his original garment and he sat down. You know what our Lord did? Our Lord came down from heaven. He girded himself with flesh and blood. He, I'm going to tell you, he got rid of our sins as far as it is from the east is, from the west with that flesh and blood. And I'm going to tell you, whenever he was done with that flesh and blood, he took back his glory and he is sitting down at the right hand of God right now. I'm going to tell you, next time you partake in a communion service and you get into the feet washing service, I want you to think about the scene of angels. I want you to think about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is one there and they are being worshipped and praised and adored by these angels. And then these angels that see Jesus as their creator, as their all in all, as their master, as their king. They see him robed in flesh. And they see him die for you and me. Picture that. I love you, brother. 